I wanted to thank our sponsor, Flight Club Spirit, which is an aircraft-inspired collaboration between contemporary artists, graphic aircraft, and the internationally award-winning Defiance Distillery. They produce eight different types of aviation-themed gym and rum, each with a different iconic aircraft pictured on the bottle to suit all different types of outgeek. Make sure you head to their website at defiancedistillery.co.uk to check out all their amazing spirits and products. So, well, Mike, thanks for inviting me around for the oh, second friend. episode. And uh, yeah, we've tried some um, Flight Club Spirits by Defence, uh, oh no, Defiance, sorry, uh, Distillery. Yeah. So yeah, cheers and then see if it's been nice. Tornado gin, it says, we'll see what it's like. Hey, yeah, there. here we go. Mmm, quite nice. That is rather nice, actually, yeah. I was mm. a bit dubious when it's called high octane. You think it's going to taste know, like yeah. jet fuel, but actually it's quite <laughs> nice, that. So what's the uh, tonic in that? What did you That's the, it's the fever tree tonic. The fever it's the regular tree. Indian tonic. But, um, yeah, it's, it's quite a generous um, portion of gin in there, I think. So yes, probably, I think, probably, I think it's... Probably a little less next time. But, yeah, uh, Ooh, 50, yeah, 50% so it's fruit. Quite, yeah, yeah. So it's quite, yeah. That's all right. So anyway, what have you been up yeah. to since last time we spoke, which I think was at, where were we at? Newark filming the Red Flag. We were, yeah, that's right. We yeah. were, We did that. Because the first time that we met was um, about four years ago, something like that, in yeah, Newcastle, wasn't yeah, it? it was, yeah. And I reckon that was the first one of these pub things. It was, that, that was the original. Actually, that, with a bottle of Newcastle Brown yeah. that, uh, I slowly, yeah, that, uh, that I slowly dragged my way through and then started slow, slurring my words. So that was when I was flying the Airbus um, in short haul. So since then, mm -hmm. I've done, um, I finished doing that. I had two years flying the Boeing 787. Yep. I've now knocked that on the head as well, and I'm now flying little light aeroplanes, the Grob Tutor, back in the um, Air Force Reserve. Yeah. And it's all good fun, yeah. yeah. So how did you and get back into that? What was, what, was it something you always wanted to do, or was it just something... I, you I had it in mind. There was um, a mate of mine was running the um, the Air Experience side a few years back, and said, yeah. oh, if you want to have a go you know, any time. Because I, I did it when I, in my last tour in the Air Force, it was a ground tour, and yeah. it was actually the... It was the replacement for the bulldog. So oh, my right. job was to, I was on, on this team, and I was got the kind of airframe specialist, which was a bit of a hoot, really, because I'd been nowhere near training airplanes yeah. since I'd stopped going <laughs> through training. I'd always been you know, front line. Yeah. So I went back to this. It was a um, one of the private finance initiative um, uh, projects that was running, one of the Pathfinder ones. So there was a prison, I think. There was, I don't know, a hospital, I think, and there was us. So it's quite politically sort of high profile, and it's, so it's quite interesting from that perspective. But I thought that there would be loads of little aeroplanes that you choose from. But when it came down to it, there weren't. <laughs> there was the Bulldog, which we had, which was basically getting knackered. All the wing spars had come to the end of their time. So the, we could have those respared. There was the, um, uh, the, the Grob were making little aeroplanes. Robin in France were making little mm -hmm. aeroplanes. Um, and there, there was the, um, the Slingsby Firefly. Um, oh, yeah. mm -hmm. being built up in, and Slingsby had just flogged a whole bunch of their 260 horsepower fireflies to the Americans and was supplying them to um, the Joint Elementary Flying Training School so Jeff so they thought they got it all sewn up so they made no effort mm -hmm. the people who were resparring bulldog wings thought they got it all sewn up because they thought well, the F was never going to get another airplane so mm -hmm. we'll do that so mm -hmm. they got it all sewn up and it was only really the French and the Germans who, who, who actually came up with any new ideas yeah and or, or try to be competitive or try to find out what we really wanted and um that and so it, it was interesting so we ended up long story short sorry with the tutor um 
And, and while I was on this ground tour, I managed to get squeeze out some flying. I, I, I cheated actually. I, I pitched up to Cranwell. I managed to get five hours. And the bloke who was running the conversion course was being very serious. So I hope you're not going to tell me you're going to do this for air experience flying. I said, no, 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 of course I'm not. You know, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lying, so I am. Um, so I ended up do, doing some air experience flying. And then, so I thought it was quite good fun. But I just didn't, I was doing it at Cologne, which is a two-hour drive from here. And you'd pitch up one day and it'd be raining or there'd be no Is that two hours there and two hours back? Yeah. So it's a fair That's way. Serious, yeah. And I was managing to do about one day a month. And they mm. said, well, we need to do two days a month. And I mean, now I'm, I'm flying from Benson and I can put in five or six days a month. Right. So that, that's the difference. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It was lovely to fly an aeroplane and particularly when you're flying really big ones. To, and so to go back to it has been great. And actually flying kids, because mm-hmm. they're what, 30, I think they've got to be 13 and a half years old and most of them finish when they're about 18. But so we've got that sort of little tip. <laughs> well, it is and it isn't. It's quite funny, actually, the difference between... Um, Teenage boys and teenage girls. Oh, really? Which is quite, yeah, yeah. And it's quite a. Uh, I mean, I, I, having had kids, you know, one of each myself, it's, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can confirm it. So, but the, so your teenage boy, you'll you will get in the airplane. You say, "Hi, what's your name?" Fred. Oh, okay, Fred. Um, <laughs> what What do you want to do? I don't know. Okay, mate. Well, you can. Or have you have your phone for me? Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Okay, like so Kevin that's, yeah, that's it. it's absolutely Kevin. It's exactly like that. Yeah, and they'll sit there and they'll oh, aerobatics. Well, they don't really want to do aerobatics. What they yeah, they know that their mates have said you've got to do it, and if you don't, then you, you know you don't be yeah, worse. Yeah. So they don't really want to do it at all. And but they yeah, you, it's very difficult to get any feedback or any kind of interest mm. going. Although you'll fly this boat because say nothing when he comes back, say so he did enjoy it. You go, yeah, it's the best thing happened in my life. And, yeah. and you go, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> they can't show enthusiasm, can they? <laughs> no, but the, but teenage girls on the hand, they get and go, yeah, hello, I'm you know I'm Sally and I want to do this, this, and this. And go, okay, we're off to there. And every yeah, and you say that's this over there. They go, oh wow, that's really interesting. That's amazing. The guys are there. Do you want to go flying? Yeah, I'll go flying it, and actually quite good as well. So yeah, yeah. So you probably so, um, like so I think people say uh, girls are more advanced. In their, you know, mental age, I guess, and yeah, by age. about twenty years, I think. <laughs> that <laughs> that sounds think, like it. I don't think that changes with <laughs> any of that. And particularly, yeah. yes. Actually, more of them have got into flying now, which has improved uh, flying no ends. Because yeah, yeah. most of most aircrew are children, really, at heart. I think exactly. Are, yeah. But uh, do they ever <laughs> yeah. ask you about your previous uh, career and you know flying the tornado? Because I'd be asking loads of questions. Uh, uh, yeah. like, what was this? What was that? Well, uh, it's funny actually. Some of the because I don't think they quite click where you fit into things. So right. you wear an RF uniform, but they, I think, I think they're so sort of most most kids because it, it's an unfamiliar environment. So most mm-hmm. of them are sort of slightly yeah. Um, um, disoriented, shall we say, anyway, but mm-hmm. which I suppose is why the Kevins don't yeah, say much, etc., yeah. etc. Et but um, sometimes people say, "Oh, are you in the RAF?" I say, "Well, no, I'm not." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, or what do you find? Oh, I don't. I did. You know, I left twenty years ago. Yeah. Given, given these kids are actually you know, fourteen or fifteen, <laughs> yeah. I think it's in the last century. Um, oh God, yeah, yeah. So, and and to be honest with you, I mean, you, you end up so busy just showing them what's going on with the little aeroplane and showing what's going around. So There's not an awful that. lot of right. time, and and uh, they probably don't want to listen to some old fart to, uh, telling war <laughs> stories. But there we go. Someone, <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. perhaps listening to us at the yeah. moment, drinking our very fine gin. Which, yes, um, so these are uh, rather nice glasses, actually. I think it's got the tornado on the front as well. It does. There we go. Very nice. It's got yeah, defiance, and then the yep, uh, yep, yeah, it has. Yeah, not bad. And I've also noticed your watch. That is one of my the watches I really want. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that yeah. an IWC? It's the IWC one. Yeah, yeah, really yeah it nice. is. Yeah. So we've got some books on the table here. Have you been doing much writing since? Because I think was it the Tornado GR one was your last book? Was yeah, well, yeah. That well, the the RF one underneath it was. So last time we spoke, when when we first spoke, I just yeah. done one on the Javelin. So that was the Tornado 
GR1 book, which I'm going to show you to the, the camera. Great, yeah. Well, it was actually, yeah, because there's loads of, loads of colour pictures. And I, I was really quite proud of it because it was the, as far as I know, it is the first book that covers the whole of the, the mm. tornado, purely from the operational side, but also, I mean, I, I managed to scrounge a lot of operational details about the Gulf War. Really? I, mean, I, I wasn't there, I have to say, but mm. um, lots of my mates were. So I have details of pretty much every single mission that was flown. Wow. And so I was able to pull all that together. Well, each, from it, from, from, yeah, each mission from all of the three, or the, the mm -hmm. three bases. And all, uh, there's lots and lots of information, loads of photographs. I mean, some people were very, very um, kind in letting me use their photographs. Yeah, some stunners but in there. Um, yeah. So I, I was really pleased. I, my, my disappointment was that the, the, the publishers didn't really push it. So yeah, having, Well, having put the work in and having produced something which I, I think is actually pretty good myself, it's then... The quality's amazing as well. It's, yeah, uh, books, yeah. So, so it, it yeah. did... It, I mean, it's, I think it sold a, a few hundred, maybe 500, 600, something like that. But, you know, the, the, it's, it, it would have been better, particularly this year when the, the thing's gone out of service if um if, yeah if that had, had been pushed a bit i think but, but i but think there's great groups as well i think you almost don't need that in a way now because media social media like uh, the, i think you're a part of the aviation book group yes like that's that. right they're, they're fantastic actually, exactly they, really, they really can good. just like yeah. self-publish on like for the yeah. authors so they're great yeah but um yeah um yeah there's some good books out there and um, i think dave gladhill's bringing out a new one recently yes. yeah indeed uh, yes he's like the yeah. king of aviation yeah, books, yeah so he is actually isn't he yeah there, but, yeah <laughs> So do you actually miss flying the tornado though? Um, when you look well, back at your book in this in the picture. Yeah, it's funny actually. I do because I mean I do appreciate that. Well, it's one of those things that as you grow older, your well, I think your body carries on, but your your brain kind of stops somewhere. <laughs> and I keep looking in the, in the mirror at this bald bloke, thinking, "Who's that?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I do actually in many ways. And do you know one of the fine things about doing, going back to the the, the tutor flying was um, being issued my flying suit, and I put it on and zipped it up, and I oh, I suddenly you feel, feel I felt yeah. thirty yeah. years younger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I've got my tornado badges on it oh yeah you <laughs> fish on those out yeah which is quite uh, quite fun to do that again yeah. but um yeah yeah I do, I do i look back on it very fondly i mean that was um you know it was a long time ago i mean i stopped i last flew the thing in um 1994 so you know we're talking 20 25 years ago 25 God, years that's scary isn't it it doesn't seem that long, though. It's no, it doesn't. Crazy. I know it seems like yesterday, like that. No. Yeah, and, and oddly enough, I mean, having finished with airline flying, I, I've I've walked away from that with the, well, no regrets, but also I, I don't think of it, I don't miss it at all. But I do mm. still look back on the tornado and think, oh, do you know, wouldn't it be great to have another go? Wouldn't yeah. It? I, I think I asked you that when we were with David, uh, David Harriet. Yeah. Like, Would you like to go flying? He's like, yeah, put David in the back. And we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably, <laughs> we probably both been better work it. It's, uh, it's all yeah. this of motor memory somewhere. Yeah, um, but it, it's, um, I'm guessing so. Yeah, it was 25 years. Ago. When did the GR4 come in? service was that that was pretty much 2000 so uh, yeah. Right, yeah yeah so gl1 lasted up till i think well yeah back end of 1999 mm -hmm. the um kosovo campaign i think mm -hmm. it was all that year and stuff was just kicking off in the in the gulf and then gr4 came in and that's all and just that's... avionics upgrades wasn't it was that, yeah but was it's that the same that's right it's, it's the yeah. same airframe yeah, uh, yeah it was a avionic because uh, they, they, they were all sorts of wind wacky plans that they were going to do this that and the other um, particularly always, yeah. all revolving around Cold War um, terrain following stuff, which all got canned. Yeah. But um, the because GPS didn't exist when we when, when tornado was first crazy built. That's crazy. I think that's not that even that long ago. I know. Well, I mean, well, well, I can still remember we got hugely excited on, on the squadron when the, we got. I mean, I'd, I'd been on the squadron about six months, I think. Doesn't mm -hmm. they go? Oh, we got new main computers coming. It's got one two eight k. Jesus, that's huge. That doubled it. It'd been sixty four k, whatever it was. Wow. So you're thinking, wow, that's amazing. You can um, store anything on that these days. No, <laughs> <laughs> a couple of photos. <laughs> yeah. No, well, they're going. I think went, they went to the moon with about eight, didn't they? I mean, yeah, so, 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 like so that, it sort of yeah. shows you how that you know how things have, have, have yeah. escalated upwards. Yeah. But yeah. 
mean, the thing was, uh, when, when you look back on it, it was really quite basic. Um, but th there was always a potential. It always had that potential to, 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 um, to get better and better. And it did with, with GR4, particularly the um, well, integrating the GPS into it. Um, and also the um, I think 1553 data bus, so that they could actually talk to the weapons. So you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. to, so you got GPS updates on on the um, on the bombs and stuff mm -hmm. like that, pay, uh, improved payway or yeah. enhanced payway. I think it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you think the tornado had its time, or do you think it could have carried on a bit longer? No, I think. I mean, it's like all these things that you, know, you see people again on your social media being yeah. waxing lyrical about how fantastic it was, but it was very much a child of the of the seventies. Totally. Um, you know, so. You know, 30, 40 years on, yeah, it, it, fast, it had yeah. its time, and it, and it, you know, and it proved to be a fantastic machine. It proved it to be um, very capable, yeah. and it proved to be able to be upgraded and and to, and, and to keep up. I mean, that's one of the things I suppose that happened with with, with Harrier in the end when they had to make a choice, either or. Mm. In the end, Harrier couldn't do the things that that were needed in terms of weaponry yeah. and all the rest of it, and, and being up, you know, continuously upgraded. Mm -hmm. So. Um, but you know, people you know, say, "Oh, what a shame the tornado's gone." But I mean, again, when I was on the tornado, we had what 10, 11 squadrons of the things. Yeah, that's crazy. So it was massive. Yeah. Oh, that's just the GRs. I mean, I can't, I can't just, think yeah. of the F3 as being a different airplane. But yeah. it was always it was still looked down upon. People going, "Well, a tornado? That's boring." That you know, real men fly Harriers, Jaguars. You know, used to fly Phantoms, Phantoms back in the day. Yeah. I think every generation um, has that, don't yeah. they? Because I think I'm the first uh, Happy Hour episode. We were talking about how everyone goes on. Slate in the F thirty five, but it's it's going to be a great jet. And, yeah, yeah, and it'll be someone else's Harrier or Buccaneer of the day, you know. So it's it's yeah. just a generation thing. Well, it is, and every everyone looks back and you know because again, everyone's gets saying, "Oh, gee, I thought that was wonderful." Well, you know, it was still a tornado. It still had all the problems that Tornado had. It is still massively draining in manpower trying to keep the bloody thing going. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Which yeah. is the bit we all forget. You know, we forget that every time you we we used to jump in the thing and head off into the blue yonder. You know, thirty five blokes have been sweating all night trying to get the thing served. Yeah, something like is it like twenty. When they came back well, again, yeah, they'd be out there again, and you know those, um, you know, I, the, I think the ground crew on on what well, on all RF squadrons are very much the uh, the forgotten heroes. I think so. Um, yeah. I mean, my kids are on Instagram, but I don't know if I can bother with that. That's also the photograph. Uh, how old are your kids? Are they? The uh, mid twenties. Yeah. So they've all got like done with uni and everything now, or yeah, yeah. In fact, my son's in the air force, so he and I are both <laughs> flying officers at the moment. So oh, really? Yeah. What's we, haven't, we haven't been flying yet. We're into, he just, he's waiting to go, waiting to start his flying training. Uh, has he got anything he wants to go on to? I'm guessing, he, I think he's fly well, like F thirty five or Typhoon. I don't think he's fussy either way. All oh, right. I mean, there, there's, there's not a bad deal though, isn't it? Really? Yeah, you um, can't. Yeah, you can't go really wrong with that. But it's quite interesting actually because one of the things that he said to me was, "Well, I don't know if I want to go to the F thirty five because it's all going to be flown in the simulator and." Yeah. Blah blah blah, and I said, "Well, when I was going through, tornado was new." Mm -hmm. So you don't want to fly tornado because that's all flown on the autopilot and TFR, and you never get to hand fly it. And the reality was, we always hand flew it, and we very rarely yeah. used the two. And when we did, it was because you needed to, <laughs> and it was all quite exciting. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that that is probably the case with F thirty five. All the quote about we're going to do it on the simulator. I, I'm not, you know, obviously simulators are good, are useful, mm -hmm. but I don't think they're ever going to be. Like the real thing. Also, there's another. Um, I was going through some of the photos you sent me a while ago, and there was one where you went to. I think you were in Top Gun and standing next to the F-14. Yeah, that's right. Did yeah. you ever work with them when you were? I'm guessing you were with Tornado then, or you were? Yeah, it was. Well, what? No, that was the um, the first ever exercise red flag that I did, um, and we were because we normally people did a workup in the UK. 
and then would eventually go out to yeah. um, to the States. And we actually, um, our workout was in Goose Bay, and because the, the squadron was quite new, I think I think it was the first time we'd ever been to Goose Bay. Okay. So, and normally you go out there for two weeks. I think we were there, it was something like we were there for three weeks, and we had to do all our um, operational um, low-flying OLF down to 100 feet work mm-hmm. up or work down. So we, so we had to do that to qualify. Yeah. Uh, then we had to do this workup, and then we go off to Red Flag. So it's all it's all good fun. It all, I mean, it was the you know ultimate boys' adventure. You know, you go off. So you're going to go. So okay. So you let's get this right. So we're going to go off to somewhere in Canada, and we're going to go rotting about hundred feet in these tornadoes, and and you're going to pay me, and then Are you sure to about go, this? yeah, and then you're going to send me to Las Vegas. You know. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, but what the, the long short it was that we ended up. Um, Finishing the workup that we had to do, and there were I don't know all us junior pilots and, and the, the senior guys were trying to get rid of us and put it out of the way. Uh-huh. And somebody, and I don't know who it was, but it, it wasn't me, said, "Oh, if we can get away from here early, will you, will you let us go you know, a week early?" And the boss said, "Yeah, just get rid of you. Oof, off you go." <laughs> right. So then there was a um, they, they discovered there was a um, a sea. Yeah, I've got a start and a um, stratolifter thing going past, I mm-hmm. that, which is C141, um, that was going to call in Goose Bay, was mm-hmm. then going to go to Nevada, to Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, so these are friends of mine who actually just put me up. So I did nothing. I was just told, oh, Mike, you know, pack your bags because in three hours' time you're going to Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I tagged along. So there were six of us, I think. And, and we we turned we turned up in uh, in Las Vegas and we walked into the O Club there on a Friday night oh, it was okay. to discover it's completely empty. <laughs> <laughs> but we did discover that the crew that had brought us there in this Starlifter were then going to um, somewhere near Los Angeles the next day. Mm-hmm. So we said, "Can we come too?" So of course you can. So we jumped on that, hired a car, and then we did, then we just cruised around. So we, we started in um, actually it can't be Friday we arrived in the O Club. It must have been it was earlier during the week. Mm-hmm. I can't work out the days it was, but um, we, I'll tell you the reason why later, but um, so we um, hired a car mm-hmm. and we um, stayed in, we managed to stay in various sort of um, American um, military establishments because if you had ID and orders, then you could then you could pitch up and stay. Oh, so we did you? it, so we, yeah, so we stayed in LA for a bit and we, then we drove down from LA to uh, San Diego, which is that far on the map that actually takes yeah. you <laughs> about oh. a day. <laughs> yeah, and we pitched up at... Um, at Miramar, mm. Top Gun, excellent. So and so that was so we arrived there on a Friday, Friday morning I think it was, or whatever. And, and we turned up and we just literally turned up at Top Gun, knocked on the door, said hi, we're here, come have a look around. And they were between courses, and the guy said, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, come in, yeah, you Brits, yeah, fine. We'd pitched up on a flying seat or something else. Yeah, yeah. And um, we. Uh, yeah, and they gave us the the, the the lecture, the presentation thing, and then um, I think we all bought ourselves a mug, and I've got mine upstairs somewhere. <laughs> and uh, and then they showed us around, and they showed us around the around the um, the F-14s, and oh. it, the, I mean it was an amazing. It was actually quite archaic looking inside it. Yeah, you know, that must have been um, the air models. Yeah, yeah, they, they were. They were yeah. yeah, they were very. I just like that photo. It's like, oh, you guys just like looked like real pleased with yourselves in front of the Tomcat. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we <laughs> thought we'd arrived, right. and yeah. we had. We had. We had arrived in Fighter Town, USA. We were the Garsons. We were yeah. there, <laughs> and it was. It was brilliant. Um, the funny thing was, though, that because in in the Air Force, happy hour on a Friday was mm-hmm. the big event of the, of, of the week. Yeah. So we then. So it must. It must have been Friday we got there. So that evening we strolled in. Mm-hmm. Happy hour on Friday. We're here, yeah. and we looked at it, and the place was pretty much empty. And we, oh. <laughs> so he checked something. Said, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." He said, "Thursday nights is when it all happens here." And you go, oh, yeah, "No, one day out." <laughs> yeah, one day out. Yeah. <laughs> However, then 
and I think I, it might have been me. I can't remember. Anyway, one of us staggered off to the toilet, was it, and got it talking to it. Now, I know you shouldn't talk to people in men's toilets, particularly in the Navy one, but <laughs> we ended, and it, they, they, these bunch of guys, and they had just qualified, and they were on the Hawkeye, the E2, mm. and they were rear crew on the Hawkeye, and their course had just finished, and they just got carry qualified that evening, so uh-huh. they were celebrating, and we ended up um, getting split. So I, and I don't know how it ended, but I ended up in, in, in this car and with this bloke who's kind of had a few beers and we're streaming across the desert somewhere. Don't do that all. No, in the desert. And, um, and I was, uh, CB, oh yeah, I'll do CB radio, oh, Temple Rubber Duck and that good stuff. And it's <laughs> hilarious. And then I suddenly thought, I don't know where I am. <laughs> no yeah, idea. you don't you, yeah. <laughs> and so we pitched up at some random bar in the middle of nowhere and... Um, one of my mates was there. Hey, mate, you got oh, here too. Oh, really? So, yeah. And eventually we all tra- we all appeared in this place. And um, but, and I can't, I, I don't remember now how we, how we got back to Miramar, what we did. But the guy said, oh, we're having our CQ party that uh, tomorrow, Saturday night, in this address. Here it is, Dunk. You're welcome. So we, um, that, so we had our day's worth of something around San Diego. And that evening we... Uh, because one of our number was um, uh, doesn't drink alcohol, so he was a driver. So right. six of us pitch up in, in our car, and we arrive at this place, and um, it's the you know open the gate, and there's the open yard with a swimming pool in it, and the <laughs> swimming pool is full of tequila bottles all floating <laughs> around. We think mm, this isn't going to go well, is it? And th- this party sort of starts off, and people are be drinking the rest of it, and they all got hauled in the front room where the stripper arrives, and oh. um, and I have a zucchini. Oh no, so yeah, I'll never quite look at the zucchinis in quite the same way ever again. And the, the, the squadron commander was dragged to sit and lie down while she did things. And anyway, it, all, it all went horribly wrong. But, no, it went horribly wrong because the, afterwards we went out and um, I think I was the first one pushed in the pool. <laughs> so, and it went downhill from there, really. Um, but, yeah, when the police were called for the second time, we thought... Second time, yeah. Best we were leaving. So, which we did. Uh, so we arrived at Miramar. We arrived at the front gate and the guy stopped us and said, IDs, please. And we went... Uh, they're in the boot. So we all got out, bearing in mind we've been in the pool now, so we all got out, <laughs> dressed in in very little but towels around our middles. And Mickey stopped me just we all got it so he's six guys standing there with towels around their middles and, oh. and he said, You guys Brits? And we went, Yeah. They went, okay, just go through. Just go through. <laughs> yeah, fine, so, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. it, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So that was Miramar. Brilliant. <laughs> what a great place. Yeah. So what's next on the drinking list? What's what's this Mike? Uh, well this is Hook Norton's a local brewery, so this is Hooky Gold and I chose it because it's sort of uh, I know you're a lager man, so this is is quite a sort of light hoppy one, which I think is probably the closest we get. There's cheers. Yeah, there is another one in the fridge actually, which is uh, it's Looney Juice. I think it's about eight percent or something. We can try. Yeah, that's that's a strong one. But but this isn't. This is all right. So uh, yeah, yeah, cheers. Oh, that's good. That's right. There you go. There's all this. Yuki Brown. No, it's not. It's not quite the same, is it? But it's good stuff actually. I'm quite fond of it. And I say it's, it's literally just down the road. So that's one five one squadron. I think you got there, which yeah. was on uh, at Chivner. I've got I've got thirty one squadron here. Great. You end up. Where did you get these old... from? This is when I left the squadron. You end oh, up being presented with a tanker. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. So I've got these. There's actually. I don't know if I was on fourteen squadron twice, but the tanker I've got from them is actually not quite as good. Oh, so really? That tends not to get used very much. That these two are. Yeah, because I've actually got uh, my tornado model on my desk. Actually, mm-hmm. fourteen squadron one. Yeah, because I thought. Good man, yeah, that's a good, yeah, good, it was good, a good decision, choice, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love the pat, the patch you gave me a while ago. That's, oh, yes, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. That, yeah, yeah. No, I, did, I was on fourteen twice, but actually, oddly enough, the probably the best tour that I had was 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 the one the thirty one squadron. <laughs> this mug, <laughs> which was 
which was great because I did that first tour I arrived out there in Germany and it was all happening but we were the squadron was just forming so we we had to go through all the motions of, uh, yeah. and of course a whole bunch of us arrived at the same time first tourists yeah. which is great because we we're all mates yeah yeah um, so we all got on well and, and we had and some of those people are my sort of closest friends now okay um so that that was great but it did seem to take an long length of time to get through everything and, mm. and of course we arrived you've gone through this flying training world where you know we're not the tactical weapons unit where you'd end up leading a pair and all the rest of it so you kind of arrive there thinking right i want to be a pair's leader and it should all happen yeah. Not helped by the fact that the squadrons up the road at Larbrook, I think, made people pairs leader very quickly, and, mm -hmm. and we didn't. Um, but of course, what we hadn't realised was, that, although we'd led pairs and the rest of it, they'd always been really well supervised. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and but being a pairs leader was, you were the supervisor, and that, that right. sort of subtlety hadn't really got to yeah, yeah. us. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so I, I remember being uh, uh, once having arrived and all, you know, Comet Red and the rest of it. Suddenly, this sort of lull because I'd been on this sort of. Um, They'd all, you've been going up the hill, you know, heading towards something, this sort of whatever it was, and and there, yeah, there was all, all these courses to get through, and you know, then you got arrived on the squadron to be combat ready, you know, to this, that, and the other, and suddenly you got there, and, and the feeling yeah. of anticlimax, mm -hmm. um, and almost disappointment actually um, okay. at the time. Yeah, and I remember going through that phase, and it probably lasted about three or four months actually, of just really? thinking, yeah, yeah, of, of feeling really quite disillusioned with the whole thing, um, which is sad really when you think about it. I mean, having. You know, having made it to the to the front line, having achieved your sort of boyhood ambition, to then get and go really. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy because obviously a lot of people would love to be in that position. So I, I don't know. Um, maybe you just. I think it's expectation, really, and and yeah. um, and, I, and I think I do. I mean, the management <coughs> of the squadron was very good, um, and the boss actually was was brilliant. I mean, he. Um, he sometimes got a bit of bad press, but he was actually bloody good to me and really good mm -hmm. to me because I, I did screw up majestically in a number of times, but he, he always covered me. Mm. And I'm eternally grateful to him for that. And, and of course, at the end of it, then came the red flag, which, which I mentioned to you, yeah. um, you know, going off to um, <laughs> San Diego and, uh, and fighter town. But, um, but, but then I, I ended up going to 31 Squadron. And that was, um, that was quite funny, actually. because like we come back from, yeah, we did red flag and then... We came back, and then I'd gone off on a course somewhere. I'd, 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 I knew whenever I came back, it was going to be a massive anticlimax after yeah. flag. So I booked off on some ground training course, which I did, and okay. I came back. And then it was December time, and there was... Um, we used to have um, lunch of the year. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think exactly how all, all, all this... Yeah. Lunch of the year. Lunch, so there was a lunch of the month every month. Right. Where, ev where each squadron had, a, had its... Yeah, it would would have a lunch. Yeah. We all eat together, sit down, and and usually on a Friday, and um, we'd all get horribly drunk and all the rest of it mm -hmm. because it wasn't big and wasn't clever. But that's what we used to do, I'm afraid. Um, but um, that, so lunch of the year was the really big one, and so um, we came back, and lunch of the year was coming up, and that's I think about two days before, the boss was away, and I was we were all sitting around. It was a, a day, you know, rainy day, and there's nothing much going on, and. Um, the exec on the squadron said, right, uh, I need uh, Mike and another guy, Rambo, um, come, uh, yeah, can, you, um, I need you in my office, yeah, one after the other, Mike first, you want to come to my office at, you know, eight o'clock, whatever it is, so I pitched up there, and, and I'd actually, because um, I'd been through all, all this disillusionment, like, then it all gone good, but I'd applied to be a flying instructor, because I thought, right, I've done the tournament thing, I want to go off and do something different now, and um, I had, at the, I, so I volunteered to be a flying instructor. Okay. Unheard of, generally speaking, because most people went there kicking his dream. But I thought, no, I'm going to do that. And I thought, I quality of life. I've, you know, I want to live in. Um, 
I'm going to live in the Vale of York, I'm going to have a great time and all the rest of it, being stuck in Germany in the middle of nowhere. And uh, so it was going to happen. And I got a good report on you from the squadron because the, the squadron training officer very kindly, um, in fact, Paul McDonald, who you, who you oh, yeah, interviewed, yeah, yeah, lovely guy, had actually written me up nicely. Mm-hmm. So I thought, excellent. So I get called into the office and the guy says, Mike, you're posting. And I go, yep, I'm going to, yeah, I'm off to Linton. <laughs> I'm away. And he said, you're posted to 31 Squadron. I went, and there was that sort of moment of disbelief. Went, what? Really? And he, yeah, absolutely. I was, what? Yeah. But I'm going, I said, but, I'm going to CFS, and he, he and he looked at me, and he said, "You are a very, very lucky young man." He said, "And the next person in here will not be will not get the good deal that you just got." Oh. So he wind your neck in. Yes, sir. Salute. Walk yeah. out. Rambo comes in next. He told he's going to the simulator. Uh, so um, they needed they needed some of the simulator. They needed someone to go. I can't remember why Thirty One Squadron needed something. But anyway, so I'm posted to Thirty One Squadron, um, and. The boss is a guy called Pete Dunlop. Pete Dunlop sadly died a few years ago, but he is yeah. the most charismatic bloke I've ever met in really? my life. <laughs> and when I look back on all the people I've, you know, headmasters, headmistresses, whatever, all the way through school, managers, squadron bosses, managers in the airlines, think he stands out head and shoulders above every single other person really? I've ever met. Yeah, an absolutely outstanding man. And we'd have, when I was on squadron, would have followed him anywhere. So, um, so this this Pete Dunlop is the, is there, and he, and he rings me up and says, "Oh, Mike," he says, "I see you posted in my squadron." I said, "Yes, sir. I think you're actually, you know, I'm, you know, I'm delighted to, you know." Yeah. And he said, "Well, what? That's really great. We want you to come to our lunch of the lunch of the hour." I said, "Fantastic. Thanks, sir. That I'd love to do that." So, of course, the next thing is I discover that their lunch of the year is the same day as our lunch of the year. <laughs> oh, shit. So by then, the squad, the, our boss, is back. And was this all like, was this formal wear, like when you were going? Oh, no, definitely not. No, it's no. Fly, flying suits, oh, so and, suits and it would probably get trashed as well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd end up wearing jelly and getting soaked. Right, and okay, stuff. so it wasn't so, formal. I know, yeah. In fact, one of the things, going back one actually, one, one of the ones that uh, myself and um, I'm really close mate, Alan, sadly, Al was, was killed um, in a mid air collision, but he and I had um, one lunch of the month, it was. We had got some chili vodka, made our own chili vodka. So, vodka, if you put you know, yeah, chilies in it. Yeah. And it looks like um, sherry. Okay. So we'd actually then said to everybody, oh, we, you know, to celebrate, I can't remember, maybe we become pedlies or something like that. Right. You know, we like to we all have a drink on us. And mm-hmm. so, we'd, so we'd poured ourselves a glass of sherry. She went, yeah, down your, there you go. And everyone looks at it, it's obviously safe. <laughs> and yeah, the yeah. Next thing is, <laughs> people are diving out the doors. <laughs> I bet they loved you. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, <clears throat> we're, so I then turned to the boss and say, boss, I, I'm posted to one Squadron and I've been invited to their lunch mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's the same day as ours. Can I go? And he said, No, you can't. He said, You're on my squadron. You come to my bloody lunch of the year. Yeah. All right. You know. Yeah. When you're posted, you can do what you like. <coughs> well, you're on my squadron. That's what you do. Yes, sir. Oh shit. So I ring up Pete Dunlop and said, Pete, I'm really sorry, but this is what's happened. Why well, mm-hmm. you say Pete? Who's sir? You know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he said, Oh, he said, my, that's a real shame. He said, Never mind. Don't don't you worry about a thing. Okay. Thanks, sir. So um, <laughs> so we then sit down in the 14 squadron crew room for lunch of the year. And we're just about to get our starters when suddenly all the doors burst open, thunder oh. flashes are thrown in, and three big, massive, great blokes with gas masks come oh. running in, oh. grab me, <laughs> pull me out, <laughs> kick anybody else who's in the way, shove me in the back of this uh, big um, like Black Mariah thing, and we go screaming across the airfield. Oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and um, it was 31 Squadron who came come to get me. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, and so uh, you know, basically, everybody's sat in and, and I, I get shoved in, and mm. there's a great hooray, yeah, yeah, applause. Yeah. Hello, Mike, great to see you. You're part yeah. of our school, you're part of ours now, yeah. And in fact, he then, um, yeah, they, they actually. Because we didn't have Velcro in those days on our squadron badges, so oh, yes. you know, sort of, yeah, my badges were ceremoniously cut off. Yeah. <laughs> Thirty-one squadron badges, ceremoniously <laughs> sewn on. Yeah, and so I pitched up in the bar afterwards, like we all did, and of course fourteen were there as well. Yeah, and uh, the boss looked at me wearing these you know, <laughs> fourteen, no, sorry, thirty-one squadron badges, and he said, he "said oh, good to see you, mate." And he said, You'll, "I'll see you in my office tomorrow morning at eight o'clock." Yeah. So yeah, with a massive hangover, I pitched up at eight oh. o'clock in the morning. Thinking, you know, expecting the bollocking of my life, and yeah. um, and he and, and he just came in and said, "Well, uh, yep, you had a great tour. Well done. I hope you're happy with 31 Squadron. And, you know, goodbye." So you're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, but he was, yeah, down the line, really, really good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that that's how 31 Squadron started, and it just carried on in that way. Yeah. And I was treated like someone because I'd been, I had become a pairs leader. I had done the red flag. Yeah. I was treated as someone who was, um, you know, knew, knew what he was doing, even though I didn't. <laughs> no, uh, but, but yeah, and, and I was given a huge amount of responsibility. Yeah. Um, I ended up being crewed actually with a guy who'd been, because I'd come from 14, so I was crewed up with another guy who'd been on 14, Steve Lloyd, who was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And the two of us, it's funny actually, we, we kind of, we never really mixed socially, but together we, we, we were something better than the both of us to put together sort of thing. And, right, and we, yeah. we flew together an awful lot in, yeah. in, in two years. Um, and it was a fantastic tour, utterly fantastic tour, mm-hmm. really was. There's some fantastic blokes. In fact, one of them, uh, Stu Peach, who's actually very kindly wrote the, the forward to those two books, who then became Chief of Defence mm-hmm. Staff. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that gives you an idea of the, the calibre of guys. Um, exactly, yeah. So Greg Bagwell finished as the, I th- he ended up as AUC one group, I think. And mm-hmm. then I think he was in the running for Chief of the Air Staff, but, 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 but sadly didn't get it. Um, and he, in fact, was one of the guys who, who grabbed me from um, from from, from the, the the other lunch of the, of the year. Um, so there were some really outstanding characters on the squadron, really good, be- fantastically well led. And did you have and, like um, did you have a famous squadron? Well, I, it's funny again. I mean, thirty one was that was definitely the best tour that I had. Yeah. Um, probably closely followed by one five one, which I was on at Chivna, okay. right? Um, which was. Because it was just so much fun. It was just so much fun flying the Hawk. I mean, the Hawk was just—it's like a sports, like a sports car. car. Yeah. And it was there was a um, the, uh, the 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 it was called the A Hars was was the thing that ran the attitude um, heading reference thing. So mm-hmm. ran the you know put, put the instruments on. So when you got in, you pressed the button, and it took two two minutes I think for the hours to align. So generally speaking, because we used to fly a lot, like three times a day yeah. every day. Mm-hmm. And the students took over forever. Yeah, we'd be you know you get in it, and then two minutes later you're ready to taxi. So mm-hmm. they'd be kind of like, a ta- call for taxi while you see your boat still strapping and just <laughs> put the pressure on. Yeah. And we were <laughs> we were complete shits really. <laughs> but it was it was all good fun. And yeah, and and that was just so much fun because you'd go off and perhaps in the morning and you'd be flying a you know the, the junior courses would be formation um, mm-hmm. things. So you'd fly their formation. Yeah, num- you know toes. So you'd go off and you'd you'd do you know, formation uh, you know crossover turns all this kind of stuff. And they'd be learning it, yeah. and then in the afternoon you maybe fly a low level sortie with um, w- with the next course. That's what was different. Like, and, yeah. then, and then the next sortie would be air to air or air combat, yeah. and it might be an SCT sortie. Mm-hmm. And so, you, the, and it was just all changes like that. And there'd be they're all forty five minute sorties, so it's already really quick. And um, so got a variation of flying that. Way, oh, it's yeah. fantastic! Yeah. It was brilliant fun. I only did it for eighteen months because then got promoted and sent back to four. So either side of those was fourteen squadron. Yeah. But which I do have this massive sort of loyalty to because it's my first squadron, because it was my last squadron, because I was a flight commander, because I've been the first tourist on it, all those yeah. things. Because a lot of my, as I mentioned to you, when I joined it on, on that first tour, a lot of 
my mates from flying training went there as well. So mm-hmm. we were we were really it, it's um, in terms of friendships. And in fact, again, guys on my second tour, in fact, this guy lived just around the corner here, oh, really? vice Virgin, yeah. <laughs> and we were on the squadron together right. and, uh, then. So it's it, it, so, so fourteen car ties all the all the loose ends together, as see, it were, yeah. and, and, and it um, and it represents this a real close knit friendship. With yeah. people as well, so so each squadron's got its own thing. Each tour was different in its own way. Um, but was it like but, the squadron? Was it is it kind of like football teams? Like the best pilots and navs go to certain squadrons, or is it just what the squadron needs? No, um, it's just people get handed out. Oh right, them. so it's not in Buggins' right. turn. And what it is, it, I mean, it's funny actually because each squadron does have its own characteristic. And mm-hmm. when you look back, I mean, having done the squadron histories and that, because I, I write up fourteen squadrons history, mm-hmm. you realise that as a um, However, it changes because it does change from people to people. You know, it, it, somehow it stays the same. Mm-hmm. And I went to, I was so lucky, I, having been on 14 squadrons when they got, when the Jaguar squadron became the Tornado squadron, yeah. I then was invited to go along to the, um, it, was a, it was the Centenary Dining in, in Night. So by then they'd become a Shadow squadron. But as I sat there after dinner, I thought, do you know what? This could have been you know, 25 years ago in Bruggen. Mm. It, it it was you know the people they're different pe- people but they're they're almost the same mm-hmm. and 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 each squadron has its own sort of character and it, and it, and that stays with it and and each squadron is different and um, fourteen was different thir- to thirty one and they probably you know, still will be and mm. you know, forever will be and 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 it's interesting how how the, that sort of culture just carries on. And would you say the people um, make the squadron? Well, in Dallas, I mean they do. Yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. Yeah. Of course they do. And was there any guy? Um, did you get on with most people? Was there some people you just you know, weren't really fans of, or was that just like in all walks of life? You just uh, there's always somebody. I think who wasn't uh, fitting in well. Um, I that I mean, it would sound really cruel if I said there's always someone, but no, because actually, generally, people did get on very well, okay. and we lived in each other's pocket as well. So the people you worked with were the people that you socialised with, the people you flew with, the people who you very, very literally trusted your life in. Yeah. You know, navigators certainly jet them back with me. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, but also, you know, you'd sit on someone's wing. You know, in fact, I remember being really severely, really pissed off with one bloke. We um, it was one, it was actually that first red flag that we did. Where on the last day the weather was shite, so they said, "Oh, it's all cancelled." And we said, "Well, hang on, we've got TFR." And they said, "Okay, you lot can go." So we went, and got airborne, and um, we arrived in the sort of marshalling area that you you, ha- you hang around and wait for the time to run down. And I, re- I thought, "Ah, TFR doesn't work." Oh, bollocks! So we should go home. On the other hand, <laughs> it's only a bloody Americans. What do they know? Why don't we? So the next thing is, I pitch up on. The my element leader's wing, so we just radio science just pitch up on his wing. So you notice that they're there, there, and they suddenly there's the as they see two blokes, you know, this aeroplane. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they say nothing, and so we kick off, and uh, round we go. Time to start. So they let down through the cloud, and we follow their wing, mm-hmm. pop out of the cloud, out into formation, and off we go. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we yeah, we were kind of letterboxing. The cloud got lower and lower and lower, and the ground got higher and higher and higher. And we went, time for us to leave. So we pulled up and went home. And it was only. <laughs> I think later on that night, we were in the bar, I think, and we said, oh, mate, thanks ever so much for letting us down through, you know, because our TFR didn't work. And then Blake looked at us and said, no, ours didn't either. <laughs> and I nearly <laughs> killed him. Really? I just, I just couldn't believe he'd done that to me. Jeez. Oh. You know, all he had to say was no or anything. Yeah, that's... But to actually, you know, because we pitched up and... Be deceiving that. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Oh so that was, a bit, <laughs> that was one of the moments. Mm. Yeah. So how often did you... Um, 
have the wings back when you were in red flag because obviously I think there was no was there a speed uh, limit or was it no we were kind of I think we we were war, uh, war you could limits, go supersonic if you want but I don't know yeah um, I think the limit was and I can't remember what the limit was on the tanks now but I think the limit was that was the fifteen hundred liter tanks that we had and I can't remember what it was now and whether it was whether it was the, the limit of the tank or the limit of jettisoning the tank mm-hmm. I know that there had initially there had been a problem with jettisoning the tank um, uh, but actually. We, in terms of, I think because we had all, all, all the kit on it, it's mm-hmm. quite a draggy, you can see from there, quite a draggy thing, I think, dangling off it. Yeah. Um, and the ground, you know, sort of the ground level there's 6,000 feet and then it goes higher and, yeah. and, and the rest of it. That, um, you didn't tend to go. I think, I, I, having looked back on the, on, on the video films, you've seen some of them. Yeah, you? yeah. I think the, the fastest I've seen is about 500 knots. 500 um, knots, yeah. That's, um, so that's 500 knots, Taz. Whatever it is, ground. I don't know, but yeah, not not close. I mean, the only time I, I, we did do lots of supersonic stuff was in Goose Bay, and I think that was on my last tour. We pitched up, and uh, one of the engineers was looking and discovered that to, around because on, on these that they're rotating um, mm-hmm. uh, pylons, yeah. and there was a crack had appeared. So the answer was, well, you, either you you stay well, basically you, you've you've got to take all, all all the all the tanks off, the tanks and pods. And fly a clean wing. Oh, so right. once we took those off, doesn't mm-hmm. when, when you're not limited by tanks anymore, you're limited by the airframe. Yeah. <clears throat> and, some, and also suddenly you've got no drag, so the thing goes like three space or shit. Yeah. It was fantastic. <laughs> it really was unbelievable. And actually, because we never really, I mean, you get airborne a thing in 25 wing, and then you pop it back to 45 and stay that way most yeah, of the time. Yeah. And then if you're manoeuvring hard, you shove them forwards. But so 67, you'd never really bothered. Yeah. 67 was the thing you did for once a year for instrument ratings. You had to do a 67 wing approach. Oh yeah. Um, but so it was never that back that far. But suddenly on this one, you you now going at five hundred plus knots plus, and yeah. you actually think well, but and oh, it does fly quite well, doesn't it? Is it sixty? So is it sixty-seven? It goes to yeah, sixty-three with tanks on. It, <laughs> so you're right, sixty-three is that, is with that, big tanks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. That, that, in fact, that one there has got twenty-two fifty liters tanks. That's sixty-three, and there's a little detent thing that, that, that flicked over, which stopped you from. Oh, right, okay. So it physically stopped you from from. And could you feel back. it when you were doing it? Could you feel a change in how it flew? No, no, <laughs> really? not at all. No, it's um, it, I mean that was a fantastic thing. The the flyby I took all that out. Okay. So you get airborne, and and as you got faster, you pull the wings back, and it. And it just carried mm-hmm. on going, um, but you did. Um, it, it, the wing did communicate reasonably well. If, it, if you got the wings forward and they started bouncing around, you're either going too fast or too yeah. slow, <laughs> and usually you knew which. Yeah. And similarly, in 45, when you st- if you got a bit slow, you could feel it wallowing a bit. Right. Um, which is what happened to me actually, and, and my mate Cookie when we got we were um, we were bouncing um, a, a formation, and we were up in Northumbria. So probably not a million miles from yeah, exactly. the neck of the woods, and we came whistling in, and um, I was in forty-five wing, and we pulled around these gears, and I thought we're tight, turning a bit tight, uh, shove the wings forward, pull a bit, and anyway, uh, this airplane's wallowing around. I was like, what's going on? This is a bit, a bit weird, and um, I, I think Cookie shouted me wings or something, and I went, yeah. I've gotten forward, and he went, no, you haven't. <laughs> Fully back. No, I haven't. <laughs> no, well, what happened was they got stuck. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, right. So I'd moved, so the lever had gone forward, but the wings had right. stayed where they were. Mm-hmm. So they were stuck in forty-five. So um, I went, oh, all right. So then, what do you do now? Donnie in night that night. Should we go home? And because <laughs> I was thinking, well, it's forty-five, so we're going to do. A, yeah, we've got enough fuel to go home. Why don't we just go home? Yeah. And he said, well, 
said, yeah, but he said, what happens if there's hydraulic fuel pissing everywhere? You know, something's obviously, obviously seriously wrong with this aeroplane. Oh, Do we yeah. really want to travel and fly over the sea for an hour? Probably then, not. <laughs> I said, no, actually, pretty right, actually. Mate. Yeah, so leaming it is. So we went leaming and um, we... That was an F3 base, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. So I think there are three, squadron, three squadrons of F3s there. Yeah. yeah. So we go to leaming, we dump all the fuel. So we go around the, the Yorkshire Dale sightseeing and shoving out loads of fuel all over them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and um, then it's time for us to do the approach. Of course, well, I do a 67 wing approach every year mm-hmm. as part of my instrument rating. 45 wing, piece of old ease. What could possibly go wrong? So, well, nothing really, because you go down and it's a piece of old ease. Because every, you do it every year, you go down, you go 200 feet, you go around and the rest mm-hmm. of it. Of course, you get to 200 feet, and that's where everything changes. Because that's the bit you never practice. Yeah. You never so, instead, so the, the, air, the nose is different, the attitude is different for every single landing you've ever done. Yeah. It's now completely different, and you're also going about 50 knots faster. <laughs> and so, we, we, yeah. So, we, you know, it was, and we, so we, yeah, we didn't hit. Yeah, we skipped the runway, and, the, and, and we were going down, and uh, yeah, reverse thrust wasn't doing anything. And then there's a, a, a hook at, or a, a cable at the end, and Ashley's cookie, bless him, shouted out to me, hook, hook, went, oh, yeah. <laughs> hook, <laughs> drop hook, arrive. So we were still doing, I don't know, we were doing 180 odd knots when we hit the far end, um, you know, having touched down at 200 and something or other, um, and it wasn't slowing down. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, so it was all getting quite exciting, really. Mm.